I met my best friend Anne in 1985. And the Babysitter's Club kept her friendship alive. Then Emily was born in 1988. And she said, Thanks, Aunt Esme. These books are great. Now we're all grown up and we're living our dreams. As a writer and a scholar and an expert on teens. And we're gonna start again from the very first book because we're stuck. Welcome to Stuck in Stony Brook, a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. Today we're discussing book 56, Claudia Keep Out. That's not the name of the book, sorry. Wait, what is it called? Keep Out Claudia. Claudia. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine, I'm going to keep on going. Okay, and we have a very special guest joining us, my friend Karen Tong. She is the woman behind Heyo, a line of handmade ceramics inspired by Bauhaus and Memphis design with Southwestern tradition. Karen, welcome. Yay! Welcome, Karen, or should I say Karen, welcome. (laughs) I am very excited to be here outside (laughs) the podcast, (laughs) but I am so excited to finally see all of your darling faces. After listening yeah. for so long, I'm a huge fan, oh, thank and you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I would like to ask, so Karen and I already know each other, but Karen mentioned she pictured Esme and Emily looking a little bit different oh, than yeah. they do, and I'm wondering if, like, how do they look different? Oh, what a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to go there. I, honestly... Well, I did imagine more cartoony people. So I, I think I was like, um, you know, like in yeah. Peanuts, like it's just like they're talking. I like did. Rick and Morty. As <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I thought, yeah, I, I did imagine you as brunette, but with a bob. Yeah, I've got, I've got like pigtails today. but Yeah, pigtails? So. Yeah, but is it is it Bob? Game. Yeah, it's it's like this. <gasps> yeah. Although I just cut correct. it like two weeks ago, so you're somehow prescient. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it was like here, but I just cut it. I just cut it into a Bob. Anyway. Emily, I imagined that you had blonde. Yeah, like I guess because you mentioned Dawn so much, I did imagine you with like long, wavy mm. blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. My hair was blonde and last week it suddenly turned brown and I was like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is not Isn't long it? or wavy though. <laughs> no California curls. No. no sadly. <laughs> yeah. So Thanks, funny. Dan. Well. And Anne, I imagined. Yeah. <laughs> Anne, I imagined with Just <laughs> almond-shaped eyes. Almond-shaped eyes. Perfect and skin. A- Perfect skin, despite like all her all junk Japanese food eating. Yeah. Yeah. It was, but she was just a, kind of like a circle with bangs. <laughs> I, yeah. That's, that's I that. Circle with bangs. Yeah. yeah, eating Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Should we do our one-sentence summaries? Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Mine is Claudia discovers racism. That's pretty yeah. good. I have a very similar one, which is, well, I didn't know, but like Claudia Kishi, an exotic Japanese American, meets a satanic racist <laughs> and experiences <laughs> racism for the first time in White Stony Brook. Fantastic. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. I love it. 
I like the idea of Mrs. Lowell as satanic. (laughs) So good. Incredible. I, you know, I I sense a theme. I wonder if Anne will take us to a different place. But mine was Aryan nationalists make bad babysitting clients. Mm. I mean, I was going in that direction, but I could change it. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Mine is Claudia discovers she is Asian and how some people don't (laughs) like that. (laughs) Very... Yeah, true. very true. Very true. Fantastic. So uh, everybody, we should probably back up and tell you about the members of the podcast. I'm Esme Schaller, an adolescent psychologist. I'm kind of bossy, but I have a big heart. I'm Anne Chikala, a freelance writer. I'm a mischievous pragmatist with a sweet tooth. I'm Emily Crandall, a feminist scholar. I'm a total individual and I like health food. And I'm Karen Tong. I'm a goofball potter and a DIY junkie and a 90s enthusiast. Ooh. <laughs> If you want to learn more about us and how we know each other, please check out our prologue episode. Also, rate and review us. It really helps people find the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or commentary about anything BSC-related, drop us a line at stuckinstonybrook at gmail.com. Also, support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash stuckinstonybrook. And let's, let's get to know you a little bit, okay? Sure. Well, first, would you like to tell us about your history with the Babysitter's Club, perhaps? When you first started reading them, and do you remember what book you started with, et cetera? Well, I actually cannot remember exactly what came first of and the Anna and Martin books, but I think I started with yours, Turley Shirley. And oh, I, interesting. I, it was, I, I, actually, it was, it's kind of weird because I remember on the bookshelf in El Medina Library, in the back of a carpeted library, right? And like the children's corner. And I don't know why I started gravitating towards that book, but it drew me in because there's a Vietnamese girl in it. And I was like, what? This, I've never seen this before. However, I had a lot of complaints because um, the Jackie, the girl, just couldn't pronounce her, um, her L's. And... Mm-hmm. As a Vietnamese, a <laughs> uh, child of Vietnamese immigrants, Vietnamese American woman, or as a child back then, I was kind of like, hey, she can pronounce, I can say my R's. I think she's wrong. So I did write her a letter. Um, awesome. <laughs> and we stamped like that it. Energy. We like that energy on this podcast. <laughs> to tell her that I think she has the wrong race, but she did not respond to me. But even then, I still wanted to continue reading because I think there was like a contest at El Medina where if you read more books, you get like prizes. And so Mm -hmm. I just continued reading because I was like, I like, even though it's not like accurate, I was still like reading about Vietnamese girls. Mm -hmm. So I just saw Christy's great idea, I think. And I just kept on going. I needed to get those points. And I read every single last one of them Yeah, from beginning to end. I even bought... Sorry, and like this little detail. And you know, on the back where they say like you can order it, yeah, like from the back of the book, I put in coins in in an envelope and uh, tried to buy like some one that some book that didn't wasn't in the shelves (laughs) in the library. Incredible. Um, And I I think the postman stole it because I did not receive that book and I had to do it again. Maybe with a check from my mother. I was like, mommy, $92.95. Yeah. 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 Now it's probably like $17. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. It's inflation. Dang it. <laughs> well, incredible. Yeah. Anyway, wow. that's my story about <laughs> Martin. Uh, not necessarily about BSC, but yeah. No, I love it. Led you there. Shirley led you there. Shirley <laughs> yeah. and Jackie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why is it that Anna Martin chooses? Because Emily Michelle is also Vietnamese, Vietnamese right? Yeah. yeah. I do yeah. have a theory. Oh, let's hear it. Right. I think she just like at, during that time, like maybe like all the Vietnamese like based movies were coming out, like Apocalypse Now, and maybe like Good Morning Saigon or something. She's like, oh, everyone talks about all the other countries but no one talks about vietnam hmm. interesting because yeah. she wanted to she's like a hipster <laughs> she Anna wanted Martin to be is like, many things i'm gonna disagree with you on that i think she is like the farthest from she lives hipster. in western massachusetts yeah. <laughs> hipster for at the time she's like you know what because like no, she's 100 like, percent no. a hipster karen this is the greatest take anyone has ever <laughs> brought onto our podcast <laughs> I, Esme, Anne, you're over. You're done. So <laughs> now, I just think it's hilarious. I, I assume she, because she's worked with a lot of children um, in a lot of different children's organizations. And so I assumed it was relevant. I assumed she was in a community that had a lot of Vietnamese immigrants around that time because there were a lot in the 80s and 90s. So I assumed mm. it was based on, in the same way that Susan from Secret of Susan is problematic and also based on autistic children that Anna Martin worked with. I mm. assumed that she probably knew some people that had adopted Vietnamese children or worked in in or near a community. But it maybe she was trying to be a hipster. I like this theory better. Well, <laughs> like, I just think she's so square it seems unlikely. We don't have to try to be a hipster, Esme. <laughs> I don't think one. she has met a Vietnamese <laughs> child because yeah. she described them as not like their speech impediments were all right. not right. Vietnamese. That's that's my assumption that yeah. oh maybe she watched you know me so horny apocalypse <laughs> now and was like you know what I'm going to incorporate this. I uh, think this is a be hot. She did say that her favorite actor in a recent thing I found from the fan club that we posted on Instagram. Okay. She said her favorite actor was Robin Williams. So that goes along with your good morning Vietnam theory. <laughs> So there we go. Yeah. 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 Good call. Good wow. Call. Okay, I, I don't yeah. expect our conversation to go here, but I'm really. I'm now, really this is an Anna it. Martin conspiracy theory podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, Karen, it. once you switched away from Shirley and Jackie to the BSC, what um, what characters did you most associate with and why? Like, what are the who, who are you? Other than the okay. fact that you're literally an Asian American artist, so I feel like Claudia gets a head start. But who who else has has parts of you, perhaps? Okay, as a child, mm-hmm. I was not. I mean, I really wanted to be Claudia. But everyone, everyone did. wants to be yeah. Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. And I felt like I should have, but I really her being bad at school was like at the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. something that wasn't very. Um, I was like, I guess I'm more like Janine, <laughs> yeah. if anything. And but every time I, I, I think this is maybe because I'm a Pisces. I'm just every character. I'm just every part of the sign. Every time I read mm-hmm. uh, any book, I was like, I'm that person, and it's just <laughs> awesome. But um, like whoever's so, the narrator, yes, yeah. yeah. It just was like, oh, I'm. I just trans. I would just chameleon into yeah. that character, and then I would start. I remember distinctly writing 
like the journal entries into my journal. Mm-hmm. And I would write most like Mary Ann. Mm. Um, and I thought Jesse's was very space wasting. Yes, it, it was. So it was. I'm like, this is not, she, no one writes like this. Agreed. Yeah. Her like literal handwriting. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. The, yeah the actual. Yeah. 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 It has like two words per line. Yeah. I did try the hearts for Stacy, but sure. It didn't. I don't know. Didn't stick. It wasn't. Stick. I guess yeah. that wasn't part of my personality <laughs> at that time. Huh. <laughs> wow. But now, I guess, kind of like, yeah. can I criticize Claudia and, and as an adult now, or is, are we going there? Well, I mean, Anne's Anne might get really mad at you, but, but you can try. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Oh, she's mad at the truth. <laughs> well, let's hear the truth. I'm ready for it. <laughs> okay. Um. Claudia, I feel like she is an Asian American, true, but as a daughter of immigrants, she is not because she talks like a white girl throughout the whole series. Like, what Asian immigrant child or any immigrant child has like the forethought to be like, it isn't that I'm dumb. I sometimes I feel dumb because all of us. Think, damn, I'm like stupid. And our moms are like, you're stupid. And then everyone, like, everyone telling us anything, we're like, man, it's my fault. We're so stupid. And Claudia has like escaped that somehow. Yeah. yeah. When she literally like, has oh, no, right. Yeah. <laughs> it took a lot for her to feel shame about her stupidity, which I thought was unrealistic for her. I mean, as an. Okay, it's, I think it's realistic for an Asian American. But she's also not stupid. I, no, it's not. This is not. This is a feeling. Yeah. The yeah. feeling of being stupid is, I think, like, because, like, her, I mean, in the series, yes, uh, Mimi was in internment camp. Mm-hmm. But in the book, it seemed like she learned about internment camps for the first time. So maybe either Mimi didn't talk about it or Janine was like, mm-hmm. did you know that there mm-hmm. are internment camps? So... Mm-hmm. Obviously, her parents were more like Americanized. And so I think that she grew up maybe more like Anne in that way. Not to say that Anne doesn't have an Asian American experience, but Mm -hmm. there's like a kind of distinct, we can't just be all lumped together because I feel like the different generations will Mm -hmm. provide like like Mm -hmm. separation of cultures, like how you feel about assimilating Mm -hmm. and just even topics that our parents would even talk about um, and what they would even know about as like growing up in America. And Mm -hmm. I think that at least for immigrants, um, they just always are like, Hey, do we belong here? Do we belong here? We're going to be like model minority maybe. And like, there's a lot of like passed on shame and Mm -hmm. fitting in that I don't see Claudia having. She just Mm -hmm. also says, I like to look good and I'm good at looking good. It's it's true that, like, (laughs) I mean, that is unusual for an Asian girl to even, like, think that way. (laughs) Well, I think if she's, like, literally from Japan and we're talking to her in Japan, Mm -hmm. and I think she'd be like, yeah, I look good, you know? And that's, but, like, do I look good in America? I don't know. Let's see what the white people think or, like, what TV says or... It's a little bit of an insecurity mm-hmm. than a 12-year-old or however old they are would, like, know, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already had false confidence, but it definitely wasn't in, like, looks or mm-hmm. 
But I think this gets a little bit probably to Anna Martin's like hidden curriculum because I think none of the girls like, well, it's not, I mean, I think it was, I think it was hidden to me as a child reading Uh, these books. I don't think it's hidden to us now as an adult, right? Because none of them are particularly mean to themselves, right? In any way. And I would say, I would argue that I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Karen, about the specific immigrant experience, but I would argue probably all of these 11 and 13 year olds would be mean to themselves a little bit more frequently, um, just being girls oh. being raised in the patriarchy system that we live in. And because there's a lot of research showing that a confidence dip in middle school mm. for girls around puberty, all of that stuff, but none of them have that kind of self-talk in the series. And I think that's on purpose from Anna Martin. I think she's trying to model like strong and healthy relationships with the self for girls that are reading the series. And so that's what I think that comes to. And I think that that could explain a little bit why Claudia was so aspirational for so many people, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, she, and she's just, even though she does bad in school and she should be ashamed of it, she's just like, oh no, and happy, you know? Oh no, no. I think yeah. it's accurate. She accurately portrayed Claudia that way as yeah. a, like an Asian American. I'm just saying like, I, for me to not identify with Claudia, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean by like, I didn't yeah. identify with Claudia, but I didn't. Right. Of course, like, yeah, she totally, she acted completely the way she should have. Right. I, I, I would expect. I mean, it's an interesting point, though, because I think we see self-doubt from them around specific situations, like across all the girls, but not mm-hmm. that kind of generalized, like, oh, yeah. I'm stupid or I suck or of mm-hmm. course I don't look good or like uh, for any of them, which I think is sort of a hallmark of middle school. But well, she like maybe Mallory. A little oh. bit Mallory, but but even mm-hmm. with Mallory, it's centered on I want to be older, like this is temporary. Mm-hmm. It's not centered on like I suck. It's like mm-hmm. being eleven sucks. Yeah. Oh. I mean, yeah. But I think cool. Karen's correct because as a kid it wasn't like I wanted to be Claudia. It was mm-hmm. more like there's this Japanese American girl who's like different from me mm-hmm. in this way that doesn't seem realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, and because it she is Japanese American, it almost makes you feel or made me feel maybe a little bit bad that I wasn't like her hmm. in a weird way. Does that oh. make sense? Like, yeah. yeah, it's like we're the same, but you're so much cooler than me. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. And then it's like it, it puts, you know, me or anyone in this position of like, I'm not like this Japanese American girl and I'm not like my white friends. So then like who I'm not like, I can't relate to anyone almost. Yeah. It's almost like too good to be true type of thing. Mm-hmm. Except that then you felt superior because you could spell. Yeah. <laughs> Anne always gets so mad about um, how bad the spelling is in Claudia's entries. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. She's like, she spelled her name right. And then two lines later, she spells it wrong. How do you do that on the same piece of paper? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You are correct. And-, <laughs> and in this book, she goes into great detail about how you should spell things differently based on how they sound, which means mm-hmm. she understands. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Well, Karen, I before we jump into a book, I have a question for you because I know you have that you do have this. Um, interesting professional trajectory that we sort of hinted at so far. So you you have this ceramics company now. You made my very favorite mug that my <gasps> husband and daughter broke. So I have to get another one. Anne gave it to me for Christmas. And I want, I've told her when I move, I want her to get me like eight. She was like, that'll be kind of pricey. But I... Like, <laughs> 
Yikes. But, um, items, man. Yeah. yeah. Which, you which have, daughter? You have, it was June and Gary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I wasn't here. I don't really know how it went down. They They're just kind of like picked it up together. together collectively just, broke it. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they were like, let's do it at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> So you have this this wonderful ceramic studio that yeah, like all of your stuff is absolutely gorgeous. But I understand in your previous life you were an optometrist, and so I I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit about your trajectory from, Jan- from Janine to Claudia. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! That what? That is true. <laughs> I did. I had like a second life. My first life was Janine. So I was very into listening to my parents and I became an optometrist and I started working at the Navajo Reservation in uh, New Mexico. Oh, awesome. And uh, quite frankly, just something started changing when I was there because I moved from Orange County, which is the land of the mall and Mm -hmm. then went to- So many malls. So many malls. And then I guess moving into like a trailer in the middle of nowhere was like a, it was like a very life changing experience. And I ended up really liking it there, um, surprisingly. And after a while, maybe just because I was just in the Southwest or just like seeing all like, like nature in a way that I've never seen it before, the beautiful skies, the red mesas. And of course, the rich history of pottery around, mm-hmm. um, maybe that like lit a fire inside. And then um, I took us, I was able to take a sabbatical and take more classes. And then I found myself like spending a lot of time doing it, like taking time mm-hmm. off to do it, spending a lot of money, buying a lot of things. And so I just kind of decided, hey, if, uh, why not? Let's just go for it and see what happens. So I quit. And <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah. Big fan of quitting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was a very uncharacteristic move. Me, is that a Claudia move? I don't know if that's a Claudia move. Yeah. Some of my friends, they believed more in me than I did for myself. And so I think that when I started participating in fairs and selling things, um, there was like for me, a huge surprise about, oh, it's actually someone bought something or like, and then like West Elm came and they're like, oh, do you want to do a pop-up? And I was like, wait, are you serious? And then like Amazing. museums asked. And so I was just kind of like, oh, I guess I can, let's try this out see how this goes. That's so awesome. here I am playing with mud for a living. So cool. Yeah. The transition from Claudia or from Janine to Claudia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you miss anything about being an optometrist? Probably the money. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's something about eyes that's really interesting that people that aren't optometrists wouldn't know? No, it's probably gross. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Well, I think that there's like a misconception about maybe screen time and um, just like eyes going bad because... I think there's like an idea like, yes, your eyes get tired, but they don't necessarily become worse unless you're talking about like, um, yes, okay, excessive, like say you're doing your PhD perhaps and reading a lot of- Don't recommend um, it. (laughs) Reading a lot of papers, small print, um, but then, you know, there's like a common like second myopia. So sometimes a prescription might change that way. 
And of course, when we turn uh, 40, of course, like (laughs) our eyes do get tired, but I do have a lot of parents that are like, it's bad to play on the iPad, right? Wink, wink. And I'm like, (laughs) "Uh, oh yeah, your eyes do get tired, but um, maybe go outside and play more. That's good for overall health and prosperity. (laughs) And Karen, you gave me a good tip. When I, I had a when I had a sty, you told me to boil an egg, and it stays <laughs> warm really long. Oh, hold that on there instead of just yeah. a hot compress. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. You like put in like a little like towel stuff. and you put it. Yeah, it's great. Oh, I'm actually really surprised that you did it. <laughs> I did it. I passed on. on that tip to a lot so, of people. When you have a sty, <laughs> you put a hard boiled egg on your eyeball. <laughs> Well, because it's warm. You want a warm compress on your eye. Yeah, okay. like a warm towel just gets cold so quickly. I also yeah. recommend, <laughs> if you don't like eggs, <laughs> you if can you're use vegan? A, if you're vegan, you can use a clean sock and put some dried rice or beans, and you can put that sure. in the microwave. microwave. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a microwave, okay. an oven? No. I don't know. <laughs> like a, I like have a an oven. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, keep a fire extinguisher nearby. <laughs> All right. Should we talk about this book? Sorry. What book? Yeah, okay. Book summary. <laughs> book summary. Who, okay. Um, um, I think it's called Claudia Keep Out. Yeah. Keep out Claudia. <laughs> book Claudia. 56. Yes. There's a satanic woman who is race, spreading racism around Stony Brook. No, I don't know. That's not the plot. Uh, it is the plot, though. It is the plot. It's a new client. I agree. Uh, often, often these books center around a new client we've never heard of before. So it always Lowell's like um, after school special. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Lowell's call. They want a new babysitter, and Claudia goes once, and Mrs. Lowell doesn't seem happy. But well, Claudia Marianne goes first. Oh, Marianne goes first, and the and it's a darling, either darling. She's a wonderful <laughs> experience. Mm-hmm. Right. They're so obedient. Also, there's mm-hmm. so much focus on how much they listened to Marianne and like mm-hmm. did what Marianne said. And then Claudia mm-hmm. goes and they're like, they hate her mm-hmm. and they're like cunty as hell. And then <laughs> she's like, what? Why? What? And then the mom is like, no, can we not have the Asian one? Like, can we get a white babysitter? Can we get an Aryan babysitter? No, she doesn't ask that directly first. She, she asked for a blonde-haired, blue-eyed no, babysitter. No, not until they send Jesse. First, she says she just doesn't That's right. want Claudia okay. again. Yeah. Jesse doesn't so, even at the house. She no, just doesn't I want mean... Claudia. And so then they send Jessica Ramsey, which certainly could be a white girl name. Yeah. Um, and then she just tells Jesse that turns she her away. She didn't need a sitter, so Jesse <laughs> don't even make it over the threshold. <laughs> she doesn't meet the children. She just gets sent away. And then, then she asks that there are any blonde, blue-eyed babysitters after that. So I'm and just saying, you, we don't skip. She doesn't say the quiet part loud until after she's seen Jesse is on the team. True. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And then she says, Fiddler on the roof! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then the B-plot. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. The P, I don't, the B-plot is very, like... The kids form a, a, like a super group, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's the traveling Wilburys of Stony Brook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like all the like kids who get has together. a 20 person band. Also, there is no way they could learn all those songs. No. <laughs> Absolutely no. not. 
Sunrise, sunset is very hard. <laughs> On the kazoo? It sounds awful. <laughs> so yeah, so they have a, a, a kid's band that they call All the Children, which is short for All the Children of the World. There's like a not remotely subtle multiculturalism, colorblind theme of the book, which again is not surprising to us given it's A, The Babysitter's Club, mm-hmm. and B, 1992. Um, uh, and they're so- originally doing sh- songs from Annie, mm-hmm. but then... They decide to switch to Fiddler on the Roof just so we could really piss Mrs. Lowell off because she also hates Jews and I think Greeks and she Polish she people. hates anyone who's not blonde haired and blue eyed. Right. right. She is like a full Nazi. Yeah. And then her children aren't allowed to be in the community band. In the band. Yeah. Um, who came up with all the children? Was it Jackie? Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. It's very we are the world. Yeah. Very much so. Except so how many? Okay, wait. In the super group, what is the diversity there? Well, well they tell you. <laughs> yeah, Claudia tells you. Actually, when I looked around, I saw. Yeah, <laughs> it was the. the so, uh, I mean, Becca. <laughs> so Becca's like a bunch black. of different white people. Exactly, <laughs> Australian, a Greek. Yeah. yeah, Australian. You're right. Yeah, Australian was on the list. Greek, Polish. And Jamie is one eighth or yeah, yeah Jamie's Jamie's pulling in Elizabeth Warren and claiming native ancestry for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well that was my corner. So oh, sorry, sorry. I'll leave it. I'll leave it. I'll leave it. No, I'll leave no, it. I mean that's it. Okay. Karen, what jumped out at you? There's a lot in this book. What was what was your what were your what were your favorite parts? No, I'm favorite. Oh, I was like wherever I... you want to start. Well, first I was kind of like Wait, so is she a Nazi or is she like KKK? What's the difference? Is there like only location? Because I was like, okay, she's definitely like KKK-ish. But then like, I don't know. It was just like when she mentioned like the like not liking Fiddler on the Roof, so I was like, oh, she doesn't like Jews or Jewish people. And she's then she, like Catholics. Yeah, she doesn't like no. Catholics. <laughs> And then, but yeah, when she asked for like the blonde, blue-eyed babysitter, I was kind of like, oh, it's like definitely more Nazi. Uh Um, But do Nazi, like, why would she, okay, also she let Claudia babysit. So I was kind of like, okay, so she's okay with Asians, but doesn't like them. But I'm Mm -hmm. not sure which hate group likes likes Nazi, like, you know, like alt-right. I know that alt-right men love Asian women. Mm. Um, That's definitely a theory. I mean. Right. It's a good point, though, because she wouldn't, like, uh, I don't think no matter what she had planned, she was going to let Jesse in the house. But whatever she was doing was important enough for her to give Claudia a chance, even though she probably decided right away not to hire her a second time. Yeah. So like, yeah, she didn't think and, and like what specific racist beliefs does she like? Does she think like at least Claudia is not dirty or something or she's not like, you know, what are her like specific subtypes of racist beliefs that would would render an Asian person acceptable for an afternoon versus it's a, it's an interesting constellation, like trying to figure out where exactly she stands. <laughs> also, like in the South, black caretakers were a thing right so i was like yeah. why would she turn away jesse she's the perfect yeah. right human person to breastfeed my kids or right. yeah what uh, whatnot so i was just really confused yeah. like what racist are you 
So <laughs> that's why I was thinking that's where yeah. satanic came in. So oh, fair enough. <laughs> like, let's fair do enough. all around race overt racist. Yeah. Or to be clear, do the signal from the kids is weird because it's like in the Marianne chapter, mm-hmm. we get a clue that the book's going to be about racism because the kids are watching a show mm-hmm. where there's an Asian actor and they're like, oh, they're funny looking. There's yeah. two Asian kids riding a bike and I, yeah. there was no TV show that would have been on. Thank, thank you. That's what I wrote down. I have on here, Asian kids on TV in 1992, question mark, no, question no. mark, question mark. That yeah. show didn't exist. Yeah. No. <laughs> Asian people can't ride bikes. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but, but the content of their racism is funny looking mm-hmm. so it's like oh it's all aesthetic and yeah like superficial and but then yeah. the mom is like a fucking monster and so it's yeah. like okay how what like what is the relate yeah. what kind of racist are they like i <laughs> well, think that's such a valid question karen the other but the other clue that drops in the marianne chapter is she's explaining the babysitters club and she's talking about her friends and the kids about mallory say oh they must be catholic mm-hmm. oh because they there's so many yeah, mm-hmm. and sisters, which yeah. I thought was a really interesting thing to have like a seven-year-old say about a family with a lot of kids. Like, okay, I mean, but he it's, said that it's, about Mallory. It's but, these yeah. children. The children of the corn. Yeah. Oh my like, god! What the hell? Claudia's outfit is yeah sick. Look at that. I love it. Claudia's outfit is sick. She, it looks like she took she took a little bit from like she reinterpreted a dawn outfit a little bit. Is she wearing a bolo tie? I think so. It looks like. It looks like a regular tie with a necklace over it. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell she yeah. She looks great. She looks great. She, she looks love great. it. She looks, she looks good. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Um, I will just little tidbit. I've been watching a lot of 90210 recently, and mm. um, there are Asians in the background. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Non Brenda, speaking, non speaking roles. Yeah. Brenda had an Asian driver, teacher, driving instructor for the DMV. Okay. A woman or a man? A woman. Oh. And she said, Imagine you're like a snake and slithering through the streets or something like really. <laughs> really awesome, you know, for <laughs> Asians to see. Um, I. I had a really big kick out of that watching. Wow. Wow. So it could, yeah, it could be like Asian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it could have had like, you know, long duck dong on the background <laughs> on a, you know, an airing of 16 candles. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Every once in a while there yeah. would be a person, but like yeah. two Asian children just, uh, you know, riding their bikes by in a general way seems less likely <laughs> than, yeah. than a yeah. horrific stereotype. Well, I think related to that, the one kind of like comment that I had about this, because obviously we've all been talking about the major heavy handed theme of it. But I thought it was really interesting that in a book that's ostensibly right, an after school special about racism for kids. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the moment when Claudia's dad is like, yeah, it's a bummer. Like sometimes people can't see beyond you but like you have this gift where you can see beyond other people and like trying to teach kids about why racism is bad uh, on the level of like individual individual judgment but but there's like also so much we've talked about this on the podcast a bunch but like so the indigenous 
thing is used as a like crutch for explaining everything else. There's like so much indigenous erasure. <laughs> you have, oh, we were one bit Native American or like all this. I mean, it's not so much. There's just a little bit. But I, I thought it was interesting that like this thing that's supposed to teach kids about why racism is bad also uses the fact of indigeneity and like that um, mode of racism as like a, a way into <laughs> to it without centering it or making it part of the criticism that it's offering. Right. Um, I was like, okay, so we're just, we're still all cool with that. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good to know. I mean, I don't, I kind of felt like they just ignored Jesse being black. <laughs> like a hundred percent. And also in other yeah. books, that's like her only thing. <laughs> so it's I know. like, I which is that. it? <laughs> She's like, hey well, guys, <laughs> yeah, over here. Claudia's like, everyone. I've never felt it though. And just as Jesse mutters, yeah. I have. I yeah, also, she's eleven. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's so fucked. Did you yeah. notice, like Marianne was? She said, "This is scary. I wonder if the skinheads could get me for anything." <laughs> Shut up, Marianne. No, Marianne. She has a a Russian background. Yeah. I know. I know. Go cry your white tears somewhere else, Spear. Yeah. Also, the Berlin Wall has already fallen. You're fine. Like, go away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did, like, find it really interesting how um, when... Jesse was trying to like, oh, Art, she's like, okay, I'm going to prepare for this. Like, I'm going to do the best that I can. Mm-hmm. And she like basically makes her kid kit into like Office Depot and like mm-hmm. spends like so much time. She's like, I should have been doing my homework. I'm going to get the best babysitter's club award. And then gets like the door slammed in her face. And then Christy, oh. she was like, I'm going to give it my all. And she wears like a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I meant just like Mary Ann. Yeah. Yeah. So much femininity. Yeah. It was like, oh man, like the model minority part where she can be the best babysitter and get the door slammed and Christy wears like a skirt to be Mm -hmm. like the effort is so clearly different. Totally. You're still going to get your door slammed in your face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can put in all of this time. It does not matter at all. Mrs. Lowell doesn't care. No. And there's a lot to talk about in this book. There's so much. I know. There's so much. What else, Karen? I know you have notes. I know you're pretty, you've already won the award for most prepared podcast guests. So I got stuff I can talk about, but I'd rather hear what you have. (laughs) Well, I thought that it was interesting just um, from another, can I bring in like another podcast? (laughs) Well, yeah, of course. I was listening to Feeling Asian and they had some Asian American professors on there that Mm -hmm. talked a lot about like specifically Asian American artists. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that like Asama Noguchi, he didn't have to go to the internment camps. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he's like half white uh, maybe, Mm -hmm. but since he was so patriotic and he wanted to like go in and transform the camps and teach art classes, he volunteered to be in the internment camps. And then when he got there, he's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be here because, wait, it's a concentration camp. Crap. Um, Can I leave? And they said no. Wow. Noguchi. Like, really (laughs) all-star. Like, 
celebrated artist, not even him, Mr. Model Minority. I will yeah. also <laughs> surrender myself, yes. but it's just so harsh that the way that, I mean, I, I started like having a reckoning preparing for this podcast because I was mm-hmm. listening to a lot of like Asian American history mm-hmm. and it went, yeah, it got pretty dark, I guess. So just like the, with the model minority stuff, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I can bring up one more thing that's like maybe more pop culture-y where um, do you guys know this actress named Gwyneth Paltrow? (laughs) Sorry, who? (laughs) She had her like multi-million dollar home in Architectural Digest recently and there was controversy. I don't know if you heard about it. She manufactures controversies to drive traffic to her website. So what's the latest one? There is a supposed Ruth Asawa wire sculpture just like hanging in her living room. And Ruth Asawa, she also Mm -hmm. just like for for our listeners, she also was raised in the internment camps. And Mm -hmm. she was one of the few, if, if not the only, I'm not really sure, people that was able to get out of the internment camp because she was so good at art. And mm-hmm. people were like, oh, man, you're you should apply for this fellowship because you, they can still have contact with the outside world. Like, I think there's some Disney animators still working for Disney <laughs> while living wow. in the internment camps, which is mind boggling yeah. Like Disney can't even get them out. But um, so she was like able to go out and um, learn at the Black Mountain College. She was like a Bauhaus. like. Artist working with Joseph Alberts, she was like really legendary, and yet as like a Asian woman, she wasn't allowed to teach. She's Japanese, and basically, um, there's like a pattern with the the Asian American professor, and of course, of course, I don't remember her name, but um, she sent us a link. We'll put it in the podcast notes. We'll add it to the notes. (laughs) She was saying how that is really common for like Asian. Or not just Asian, but POC women to have their art viewed as craft, and it's not mm-hmm. known for their mind or for the mm-hmm. creative mind. And so, um, so Gwyneth, bring it back to Gwyneth. She mm-hmm. actually had a dupe of a Ruth Asawa mm-hmm. thing. Like you wouldn't oh put God. like a like a Keller or like a uh, Albert's right. painting. Like their her work is sells for like multi millions. Like yeah. it's really rare to have that. But what happened was her Ruth Asawa's daughter after she died created a art school to teach her ways because she's basically Ruth invented like metal weaving mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. all these students started copying and I say copying because they created sculptures that almost looked exactly like her work mm-hmm. and so the daughter stopped teaching it because they're like man mm-hmm. stop doing this and Ruth Gwyneth Paltrow had this white lady's <laughs> oh work God. in there and yeah. another one in the goop office so it's just kind of like did she even wait? So she reference? got found out. Oh yeah, because the yeah. Ruth Asawa Foundation was like, no, she does not have an authentic Asawa mm-hmm. because yeah. a lot of people were really mad that wow. like, why would you display yeah. it like, like a uh, this is like my interior design art design this sculpture yeah. it should have its own room. <laughs> what is wrong with people? <laughs> it's I mean. Racism. Racism. <laughs> Racism. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, as oh. like a potter myself, I yeah. mean, I I always balance like in with, of course, my own ideas of shame and making it into like a 
the culture. And this is like a topic I work a lot with uh, my therapist with just doing art in general because I just have so much like like not a lot of like self-confidence and like with the whole imposter syndrome thing. Mm-hmm. Um, whether my art, is it craft? Is it art? Is it, am I, um, there's just a lot of questions about my place in this. And when people see my work, do they see like me, Karen Tong, the brilliant mind or like, oh, this, this Asian, this Chinese girl making that Chinese porcelain teapot that all the Chinese people make in the YouTube, they do it so well. And it's very like. In the YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. No, it's very like the identity part where it sometimes feels like mm-hmm. just the question is always there. Is it mm-hmm. me or is it like uh, is my identity? I mean, um, is it that's why I'm good at it? Like, am I good at math because I'm Asian or is it because I'm a genius? Like, mm-hmm. it's a very right. like you can't trust your own accomplishments because they're all viewed through a lens of whiteness and what you're supposed to be as an Asian American. Yeah, and yeah. that's why when I look at like Claudia, I'm like, wow, this is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Come on, girl, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, wow, that's. I wish I had that confidence to do that as like such a young age. And what mm-hmm. she's gonna, I was like, she's gonna go far. <laughs> With that, like, white girl energy. I really want that. And I just, it's just, it comes to her so naturally. Um, And I just, it's just like a, just something that I thought about a lot this week on just how, I mean, I'm glad that Anna Martin just like portrayed, like, as you bring up as me, that really another light to it. Like, oh, yeah, that is really fantastic how it gave maybe like a beacon of hope that it's not uh-huh. just like this person, mm-hmm. like my own insecurities and my mom telling me to not do this and uh-huh. to make, get a job with like more money. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I do get a lot of, um, I get deep and personal that I do get a lot really jealous of maybe like people in my community with, they have like a lot of support, not just like financial support or whatever. It's more of like, this you can do it you're really Mm -hmm. good at this Mm -hmm. and not just hey can you make this for me like oh Mm -hmm. she's she's this person I can take advantage of almost or Mm -hmm. I can just take this person's art or idea because she's just this no-name Asian not like Mm -hmm. she's not going to call me out there's just Mm -hmm. a lot of even for myself like I would like look at um maybe like a white artist and be like oh okay but this is like their idea when you know if we, even with a little bit more research or something it'd be like oh this is actually like really super appropriated and a million people have done mm-hmm. this before but you give them the credit for it whereas like the asian might have totally stolen that <laughs> from and then i'm talking really general <laughs> stereotypes but just like a like the societal societal hierarchy racism mm-hmm. like just lens even through whiteness but even I have I have it so I'm like oh am I like self-hating internalized yeah yes it's so absolutely well that's actually one of the things that I had some research on but before I do that I feel very compelled as a fan of your art to um we'll do it again at the end but uh heoceramics.com everybody h-e-o ceramics uh Karen does a lot of really interesting very unique stuff um that will make you smile every morning when you have your tea so uh go check it out um but I think well so I've talked a lot about children and racial identity 
previously on the podcast, specifically around mm-hmm. some Jesse books. So in Hello Mallory and in Jesse's Secret Language. So I'm I'm not, not going to talk about that, but this idea of how it gets internalized um, is is one that's that we actually have a lot of data on in psychology. And one of the most famous ones was on the psychologist Kenneth and Mamie Clark. They were a married couple and they did a bunch of studies prior to Brown versus the Board of Education. So in the 1930s and 40s mm. about the effects of segregation on black children in the South. And you guys may have seen these in the in the news before, or read about them, some of the most famous, like some of the most famous studies of children in psychology history. And they were pre- they were well controlled and good, which is saying something for psychology in the 30s and 40s. So um, I'm very impressed by him. Um, No one was harmed. And we learned a lot about the effects of white supremacy and what it does to people who are not white growing up in that system. And so basically, they just took dolls that were identical, except that some of them were black and some of them were white, Um, not literally black and white, right? Brown skinned and peachy skinned. (laughs) Um, And they asked a bunch of white and black children which doll do you want to play with? Which doll do you prefer? Which doll would you like to take home? And given this conversation, none of you will be surprised that most kids chose the white doll um, across racial lines and including the much higher numbers of black children um, than it's not in their thoughts. The reconstruction era. Yeah. It's in like um, 35 to 42. Yeah. 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 Um, And so then their data was used as evidenced in Brown versus the Board of Education. They didn't do it yeah. for that. They were just studying the effects of racism on, on children's self-concept. But it was a really, I think it's a really elegant experiment where you're not putting, you know, you're not trying to talk to kids about really complex things. You're just saying, and they did a bunch of different versions want? of them. Yeah. <laughs> which doll is prettier? Which doll looks more fun to play with? Which doll would you like to take care of? And again Ooh. and again and again. <laughs> All the kids just, I know it's heartbreaking. Like everyone's making these really sad faces, but you know, it was this black couple who he was one of the first, uh, he was, I think the first black professor at some school. I was reading a few different studies today, so I can post that in our notes as well. Similar to you forgetting the professor you were listening to, Karen. I'm like, I also don't remember where he was the first, but you know, he, he fought very hard, like Jesse building her kit kit times a million, um, to, you know, have resources and be able to do these studies and really is a foundation of a lot of stuff that we did later because people, meaning racists, like to tell this lie that, you know, well, it's fine. Like black children want to be with their own. Like segregation is better for everybody. You know, it's like yeah. we, we shouldn't have the races together because it's it's not good for anyone and they'll have their own wonderful self-concept. It's fine if they have to sit at the back of the bus because they're with their people. And this was one of the first things to show, like, no, actually, it is not the natural order of things that everyone should want the white doll. Like, yeah. that's actually problematic and concerning. So yeah. it's just like thinking about those effects and how you internalize those questions. And the other, the other thing that really jumped out to me about the way the story unfolds, and it's it's clunky, it's after school specially, it's a Mm-hmm. It's a white hipster lady writing this and trying to, you know, trying to teach children not to be I, racist. This take Anna Martin as a hipster is my favorite <laughs> thing that's happened on this podcast. I cannot <laughs> like I'm so pleased. So good. I hope we get some fan art of her with like a I don't know, like a cappuccino and a beret or something. I'm not sure. What do hipsters do nowadays? Me, what do you <laughs> I don't know? I'm not one. <laughs> Well, I, th- my thought was facial hair, but that that won't work. And like a black turtleneck. 
There yeah, exactly. Go, exactly, Daddy-o. Anyway. <laughs> what was really interesting to me about how it unfolded. Okay. Can I tell you what I was going to say, actually? Or we're stuck yes. on this. You, you can mock me a little bit more first if you need to. Carry on. Okay. Related to this, related to internalizing that, you know, on some level, even if you're not aware that you're different, that you're different. The, the fact that both Claudia and Jesse ran through a million different reasons why yeah. Mrs. Lowell didn't want them there rather than that because they were Japanese and black. Right. Yeah. And Claudia was worried about that. Her outfit was too edgy and she was worried that the kids thought she was mean or all these different things. And Jesse was all Jesse could do was scrutinize her outfit and how, whether her hair looked neat. Right. Because she didn't even get in the house. Um, but that how common that experience is. Because when the mm. when white supremacy and like the whole culture is gaslighting you constantly and saying like, oh, but racism isn't real. Like, no, everything. This is we live in a totally equal meritocracy in the United States. What do you mean? Um, you're you're going to question that experience. Yeah. Um, and so I actually thought it was a really interesting choice. And especially for 1992, a pretty progressive choice. Like, yes, we could you could look at it from a white savior angle. And that's problematic in lots of other ways. Mm -hmm. But to have. Jesse and Claudia be questioning themselves over and over instead of questioning Mrs. Lowell and need Christy as their ally to say, like, I think this bitch is racist. <laughs> like, hold on. I don't think you were wearing anything wrong is actually, I think, how this would go down, especially in like multiculti, all the children of the world, 1992. Yeah. Because I don't think Jesse or Claudia would want to call somebody else racist because they do you, but do you think it's that. plausible that christy would like a real non-fictional universe been the one to realize it was racism first uh no i don't know if any of them would have realized it until something more actively acutely racist happened and actually this is something mm -hmm. that i looked up right so because we got a lot of research now on microaggressions right, right. so microaggressions um coined term coined in the 70s, lots of research since then. And there's also this thing called attributional ambiguity. And so basically, the less clear a microaggression is, the more likely people of all races are to doubt it. So there's to a attribute it to something else, right? Other than racism? something else. Interesting. But like, was that racist? So there was a study, um, a 2017 study on by Dow et al um, on ambiguity and microaggressions, where they showed people videos of a white professor and a black student. And there were mm -hmm. four scenarios, one in which like nothing, it was totally neutral, nothing racist happens at all. And then it gets like worse and worse. Like one's a really very subtle one. Oh. I think I think the middle one is something like, oh, you're so well-spoken, you know, or something oh, yeah. <laughs> something like that. And then up to, um, I don't think you'll That's be able. the middle one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Up to like, I don't I don't think you'll be able to do this. Um, you know, people like you probably can't do this task or something like I don't remember. I don't know the exact. Anyway, it goes from, you know, you could brush it off as it probably wasn't racist up to like, oh, this dude is seriously blatantly. Yeah, 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 exactly. And they divide the people into groups and you see one video. You don't see all of them. You know, mm -hmm. you see one of them and then you answer questions about were there racist things in these interactions? Mm -hmm. And um they showed them to, you know, relatively equal numbers of black and white people. And everybody was not sure in like all of the middle scenarios, even the worst middle scenarios, like black and white oh. people both were like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure if that was racist or not. That's yeah. really so, interesting data. That's really yeah. surprising. I had yeah. my doubt. This should be like a game show. 
Oh, is it is this a buzzword okay. quiz? <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> a game show. <laughs> oh God. So they were really clear when it was like overtly racist, right? And they were yeah. really clear when it was yeah. neutral. And that everyone was like it was very mixed in the middle, I think, because of that that self-doubt. Like, well, I think it's a self-serving doubt for white people that you don't want to see racism where it might not be, right? So you have that urge to mm. be like, no, 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 they they probably misunderstood or blah, blah, blah. And then it's that experience of being constantly gaslit by white supremacy for people of color where they're like, mm, OK, but if I say it's racist, what's the consequence going to, you know, that kind of thing. This was also five years ago. And I think we have I hope we've progressed a little bit on the national conversation of anti-racism, other things. I tried I didn't look as much at the kind of very current research because it's so not pertinent to this book. You know, but right. 30 years ago, we were just in a very different place with our national conversation with race. But I did think it was really interesting and to me supported the idea, at least that Claudia and Jesse wouldn't see it and would doubt themselves. Mm-hmm. I am really surprised with all of their, your, that research because I, when I was reading it, I was thinking, Jesse knows. <laughs> because yes. Jesse fucking knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she's already experienced so much in White Stony Brook and just yeah. that. So I was just surprised that she's like, really this strange, familiar nagging feeling and couldn't name it was like a little weird to me because I I don't know. I mean, you know, I was really young. I think it was always implanted in my head, maybe by my mother, that, mm-hmm. oh, they, they're going to say that about you because you're Asian. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah. oh, but I don't know how, I mean, I guess I I I wouldn't know if she was just kind of like protecting herself too, like just from right. my research. And I was like, right. oh, maybe that, maybe that's why she yeah. was like, maybe it's just a nagging feeling that right. from a nightmare I had. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause I think that, especially when you're 11, right. I think yeah. you don't want to experience that pain of racism again. And so it's better to be like, mm, yeah, she was weird, you know, and like try to, it's interesting, all the things that we do internally to try to but she knew. I I agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I was like, is it really plausible that Christy would have been the one? Yeah. <laughs> like Jesse, Jesse knew. Yeah. yeah. Christy discovers racism in Stony Brook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Jesse was like, did you know that there's the KKK? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, they have some really earnest conversations exists. in this book. I, and I, I mean, the other thing that I did really like was I liked how, uh, you know, I always, Karen, I always like the scenes that are like, you know, sweet interactions with these young teenagers and their parents. And I liked that Christy was like nervous about it. And so wanted to talk, like assembles this panel of like Watson and her mom and Nanny to be like, I think this is what's going on. And I love how pissed off Nanny got. It reminded me of um, Emily's grandma and my Let's talk about what Watson said. Yeah. Wait, what's it? I forgot. He, I forgot. Like, he said, "Like the sins of our father." Yeah, <laughs> the sins of the father, etc. As they say, like what? Yeah. You're, That's you're, such you're... a good, like, square stepdad thing to say in that moment. I love it. And like, Christy's just like, "Huh?" Like, okay. I mean, Nana was so good at saying, "Like, yeah. I thought, I thought that it would." I mean, I, I mean, I'm misquoting probably but it's just like i thought that it would go away but within the our generation generation we hope yeah like 
oh, so now. <laughs> right? I know. It doesn't go away. full years ago. It's very sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it yeah, hit the- strong Grandma Lexi vibes with Nanny yeah. in this book. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. <laughs> Those were the main yeah. things that that I thought were interesting amid all of this stuff and that, what it made me think about. The other thing that I found in doing the literature searches around these particular racial prejudice studies was a lot of I, I like set my search to kind of like 1987 to 1992, and there was oh. a ton of literature reviews about multiculturalism in schools, um, in, in children's literature, in like libraries and in like trying to have That's books. so meta. <laughs> yeah. Trying to have books with more characters of color and trying to remove books with racist storylines off of the shelves in order to have more. So like a lot of articles in like children's librarians journal and things like that about how to how to do that, which I feel like we're in a, we're in another wave of that also 30 years later, but expanding yeah. further with gender and sexuality and mm-hmm. and also not just like there is one girl who is from Vietnam in my class, <laughs> but yeah. like further into expanding the types of experiences and the types of depictions. So it was just it was like doubly meta, it felt like that. Actually, this is a very uninteresting aside, but uh, Karen, to the question that you raised earlier about like what kinds of racists are they the fact that she's prejudiced against christy for having an adoptive vietnamese sister like what what kind of racism is that <laughs> like <laughs> i yeah i i did have something that i do that i did agree with with uh, mrs Lowell. oh hot take <laughs> hot take I wouldn't want a boy, like a teenage boy, to babysit my little kids. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I have little. I no. Um, no. Do you hate Logan too? <laughs> I mean, just if I were a like a stranger calling and like, okay, so some like pervert boy is going to come and babysit my kids. I don't know. Um, no, thank you. Being alone with my babies. Uh. Uh-uh. So okay. I was like, good yeah. call. Mrs. Lowell, you and Mrs. Lowell are best friends. You're going to hang out all the time now. No no boys allowed for our babysitting club. Yeah. I don't want no white man watching my kids. No. <laughs> no way. Yeah, and he's from Kentucky, too. Oh! So. <laughs> yeah. He can right. barely speak. So, so oh many God. good takes today. Oh, my God. I love and- it. And I'm seeing what you have written. In oh, corner, yeah. And I'm like, really curious how this connects to the book. Oh, well, I'll get to that. But uh, so a few things we haven't touched on yet is uh, oh, how Claudia gives herself her Japanese American attributes. When mm-hmm. she says she's Japanese American, all she talks about are her eyes and her long black hair and her nice skin. Mm, really nice. It's like, yeah, that's not good, Claudia. Like, is this a not... ghost written one? Or... No. No, Anna Martin worked very hard on this book, Emily. (laughs) You can see the effort on the pages. But I, but I did notice that, and I was like, why, why would she make Claudia say that about herself? I just feel like that was a good opportunity for her to explain her heritage of like Mm -hmm. her grandmother was born in Japan and she Mm -hmm. immigrated to U.S. when she was this old, and her parents Mm -hmm. were born, and you know, like that would. And that is where she got her almond-shaped eyes. Yeah, that is where she got her (laughs) almond-shaped eyes. Exactly. Um, Well, adds to the white girl energy that Claudia exhibited. (laughs) She was white girling herself. She really was. 
also they they refer to someone refers to the kid the lol kids as like china dolls which i thought was funny mm-hmm. oh i miss that yeah was it marianne of I course it was, it was marianne, marianne. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they look out. like china dolls <laughs> and i was like okay this is weird so my thing i wrote in our outline was about how in the band they made charlotte johansson is notoriously very shy right mm-hmm. but she knows how to play the guitar mm-hmm. she was like oh i know how to play i'm learning how to play the guitar right. yeah. so in my head i was like okay you have a very shy girl who's like mm-hmm. sensitive and smart and thoughtful and like she was going to the little fair in 1997 Oh, oh, so fast forward five years. Fast forward five years. She's so four, she's now like 14. 14. Okay. 14. She's a freshman in high school. <laughs> I looked it up. The Little Fair had a tour stop in Hartford, Connecticut on July oh. 24th. Nice. <laughs> so did she go? And who is she excited to see? I, I have the lineup. Oh my God, Anne. <laughs> she, okay. she and Becca would go together. Okay, but there's different yeah. types of female singer-songwriters, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of want to figure out who Charlotte is into you know, when she's a teenager. So are you going to give us the lineup and we rank Yeah, them, I'm just going like, to give you... I was um, like, I know some of the lineup. Can I can we guess <laughs> some of them? Can we remember who yeah. was there? Yeah, Esme, go guess. Oh, geez. Okay, there's well, a lot Karen of them. McLaughlin. That was her yes. tour. Yes. Okay. Karen, yeah. you can help, too, if you have any idea who was at Lilith Fair in 97. Sarah McLaughlin? Yeah, she yeah. started the Lilith Fair. What about um, Jewel? Jewel yes. was there. Yes. Meredith Brooks. Yes. Okay. Is that uh, Michelle Branch? Or was that too late? <laughs> no, it's too late. Too early. Michelle Branch is still a child. Wait, this little affair sounds really fun. Can we yeah, go? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. <laughs> Tracy Chapman. Yes. Oh, yes. Whoa. Fiona Apple. Yeah. For sure. <gasps> okay. Oh. Um, yeah. Indigo Girls. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yes. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh, Ezzy, you're nailing this. I'm I'm missing someone big. I'm missing like a co-headliner with Sarah McLaughlin. Like, oh, oh, Melissa Etheridge. Was she there? Mm, she's, she was not one of the headliners. Okay. But okay. someone related to her. Oh, no, you already said Indigo Girls. Never mind. I did. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> okay. And then I feel like um, the, okay. the, the like cranberries. Angry... Cranberries. No. But Alanis Morissette? <laughs> No, Is that too, too early? Too early. Dang it, you okay. guys are so good at this. Oh, oh, angry. Oh, the girl that did um Johnny, angry Johnny. <laughs> like, was it Poe? Was Poe there? Uh, I don't know. No. Okay, think really obvious, like radio hit, but one hit wonder. I said Meredith Brooks. Oh, you said her already? Sorry. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because yes, someone, bitch. Someone, yeah. Nice okay, one. Think, think Meredith Brooks adjacent oh but like more uh um not as angry i don't think jill saw buell was big yet she would have been on she was there oh was she on a side stage (laughs) okay holy okay i worked at a commercial radio station karen never play any games with esme or ann (laughs) (laughs) they win everything it's infuriating okay Okay. who's the obvious person i'm missing okay um well cardigans played which is kind of fun oh Oh, that's that's what i meant Uh, i didn't mean cranberries i meant cardigans uh paula cole oh we got emmy lou harris lisa loeb oh Wow. Suzanne oh Diga. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Cheryl, did you say Cheryl Crow? 
that's who oh I was looking for. I was like, someone really obvious that I'm missing. Yeah. Yes. Cheryl. Um, I saw Cheryl Crow play Cheryl. at a show this summer before COVID happened in New York, and she was incredible. She's, She's incredible. Great. Man. She's great. But did you say Joan Osborne? <gasps> oh, nice. Joan Osborne. Nice. Yeah. I'm getting tingles. <laughs> so those are pretty much all the main stage artists. That's so, all? <laughs> that's it. There's a lot of side stage that I don't... Oh, man. Who would Charlotte be into it? Yeah, well, I feel like Fiona Apple, like there's angry kind of. I don't think Charlotte would go angry. I think she would go no. more emotional. And but sincere. but she would have seen Meredith Brooks because that song yeah. was like on the radio. Like, I think she would like Lisa Loeb. Mm. Yeah, I think she's so, like yeah. nerdy and like I feel like yeah. she's got a Charlotte Johansson vibe. Mm-hmm. Cheryl yeah. Crow. Maybe too fun. Maybe more Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> too fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's more Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. 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 More like sad piano. Yeah. But also yeah. there is there was there Tori Amos is not on this list. <gasps> yeah. I, that could also be a good choice for her. Oh, I think she gets into Tori. At, wow, like, and this game year. was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> you doubted me. We really needed this after. I really did doubt you, yeah. Uh, but also on second stage was Juliana Hatfield. Nice. Uh, let's see I don't know that here. person. Dido. Yeah, you do. Pat, Pat Benatar is like on a side stage. Oh, wow. You know the Juliana Hatfield three song, My Sister, Emily. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, I think you put that on a mixed CD for me once <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I, I see. I see. Yes. But like Sensitive Girl learned to play the guitar at the age of eight. Mm-hmm. She is going to blossom into. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting. Fan. Too yeah. that she's so shy about having learned the guitar. Like mm-hmm. she's probably the only one of the kids who's actually has any musical talent. And she's like, well, Marilyn and and uh, Shay, they sing. No, they play mm-hmm. the piano. Oh, oh, they're that's playing, right. Marilyn like, they're the main piano. instruments yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, in this okay, whole okay. band. Yeah. Like without also, Marilyn and Shay, it all falls apart. <laughs> let's talk about how the musical choices went from Annie to Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? It's like Annie, Gotta get those Jews in there somehow. is a musical about children, about their age. Yeah. <laughs> and then they switched to Fiddler on the Roof. Wait, which kid explains the plot of Fiddler on the Roof? Is it Jackie? Uh, Jackie. 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 Yeah. I was trying to the find. The explanation is so funny. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Wait, hold on. We gotta, we gotta find that. It's on like 96. Now I have Where Have All the Cowboys Gone stuck in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was her only hit, really. Right? I think so. So when I saw, and this might be a stretch or a reach or whatever you would call it, but I was thinking because of the song, If I Were a Rich Man, Mm -hmm. I was going to do this pop rendition of Fiddler and Gwen Stefani and her Harajuku girls, which leads to... (laughs) If I were a rich man. Yeah. (laughs) Because you know... This is where. Are you, are this, you, is just, this, you is this is just a prop. This is just a prop. Okay, I'm ready. I mean, this is dedicated to Anne, oh and God. this is what we do together. Karen <laughs> carried out a part, a sparkly pink karaoke mic that is not functional, but is a prop for her to sing this to Anne. Now, go okay, ahead. Okay, I'm ready. If I were a rich man, yabba dabba 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 dum, all day long I'd bitty bitty bum. If I were a wealthy man. And then 
Very if nice. I were a rich girl, I'd have to have all the money in the world if I were a wealthy girl. Come all over the world <laughs> in the head of the rich of the Harajuku girls. What? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. And that's Gwen. Brushing away all the identities of Japanese Harajuku girls, being silent as her entourage, and just silencing them. And in the song, in the lyrics, she say, I'd get me if she was a rich girl. I'd get me four Harajuku girls to, uh-huh, inspire me, and they'd come to my rescue. I'd dress them wicked, and I'd give them names. Yeah. Love Angel Music Baby. Hurry up and come and save me. I see you, Gwen. I see your yeah. erasure. I and yeah. you don't admit it. She's like, it's just a cultural appreciation. But I don't see you teaching us mm, about appreciation. I don't see you teaching us about internment camps. And yeah. I would have been okay, well, okay, okay, if you just mentioned some things about that. But guess what? One of your Harajuku girls is from Torrance. California, not even really? from the hood of Japan. The rest of them are from Japan. <laughs> Maybe not from wow. Harajuku. But oh, that's just, it's my, uh, it's, it's just the the whole Japanese of it all. And Man, keep it's like Claudia. a mega episode. Keep out, Claudia. If I, if I had like an award to give Karen right now, I would, I would give it to you now. Yeah. You Thank go. you. Karen wins it. <laughs> <laughs> the the karaoke award. <laughs> it's like all the awards. You can have them. <laughs> Ooh, I'm like sweating. Did you guys want me to read Jackie's summary of Fiddler on the Roof? Yeah, do it. Yeah. Yes and no. <laughs> like, can he do it in, like, in the style of Fiddler on the Roof? No, I'm not. As, a, as, as someone who married into a Jewish family, I'm not going to do like a jewish equivalent of a mammy accent while i read this i'm just Damn gonna it. read it okay. My okay, normal style. okay answered jackie pleased to have been trusted with this task see there's this family with all these girls living in russia a long time ago and their father wants them to get married only he wants this lady called a matchmaker to choose husbands for them but the daughters fall in love with other men also a war is coming and the family's in trouble because they're jewish jackie trailed off and glanced over his shoulder at me I'm not sure why that got them in trouble. I mean, why the soldiers didn't like them. Well, anyway, the soldiers wanted to make the family and all the Jewish people in town leave the place where they've been living. It's called Anatevka. And they have to pack their stuff and find another home. And it's very sad. But the songs are good. And Shay knows how to play some of them. And I think our program should be called Fiddler on the Roof instead of Annie. Great. Thank you, Jamie. Also, I do, I'm picturing hipster Anne Martin, Anna Martin being like, got this part. <laughs> yeah. Fiddler on the Roof here. Yeah, with her beret and her, what was the other thing? Cappuccino. <laughs> her cappuccino. And since she's a hipster, it's oat milk now. Yeah. I, just because my definition of hipster has not changed since 1954, does not mean that you guys can make fun of me. Yes. Oh, candy. Yeah. Are you crying? Oh, so and what candy was in this book? Uh, there's a lot of candy. Let me just go through it really quick. I wrote it down. Okay, Snickers, Payday, Candy Bar, M&M's, Neckos. Burritos. Okay. Ranch potato chips, which I've never... I wrote that down. It was oh, the yeah. only thing I wrote down. There's ranch <laughs> potato chips. What are you talking about? Are there? But I thought it was yeah. really weird because it's yeah. like th they've never specified the flavor of potato chip before. 
Right. It's interesting. Because they're usually ranch like Doritos. Um, yeah. Okay. Crackers, popcorns, ring dings, Twinkies, Three Musketeers, and unsalted stone wheat like crackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But aren't those a joke? No, no she, she actually, actually has them. them. Oh, okay, okay. Claudia's <laughs> a good host. Yeah. No, but wasn't there something she was joking? She had like some fake like oh, wheat she germ said she had cracker. tofu in her room. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you want my wheat germ tofu cracker? And Dawn's like, yeah. Oh, that's a it's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> no one also no one wants that. No one wants <laughs> that. <laughs> oh. Were there tallies says? Um, not a ton, but we already talked about almond and she doesn't call mm-hmm. herself exotic though. Mm-hmm. Um, we got one shy, one sensitive, one individual, one health food, and one sophisticated. It's really narrowing down to those. We're not really mm-hmm. describing Mal and Jesse at all anymore. And Christy also is not really getting described as bossy. It's more about her great ideas at this point mm-hmm. and that she's a yeah. good leader. They stopped saying bossy. So yeah. we, we'll have to, in another episode, we'll have to look at like the trends over time. But I think it's starting to narrow down to these. Yeah. Uh, what about weirdest lines? Karen, what do you want? What did, what did you like? I mean, I'm not sure. I was kind of like, oh, are these like names of the episode? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I, I thought of maybe we need bad uniforms uh, in caps. Um, Karen, that's the only one I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> There's, I think maybe I was born without good sense. Uh, I was like, I relate to you. And then <laughs> reverse something or other. <laughs> reverse, yeah, reverse. Yeah. That was what I was going to propose that for a, a pizza toast where oh. they're talking about. Yeah, they're, but I, I don't think it's a great pizza toast, but they're talking about how they can't say that they can't say that they're not going to sit for blonde haired, blue eyed people because then mm-hmm. they'd be just as bad as the lols. And Stacy says, isn't that called reverse something or other? Mm-hmm. And I really wanted them with my 2022 brain to be like, reverse racism is a myth. That's not a thing. It's not like, <laughs> but of course, they're not going to say that in a babysitter's club book from 1992. But Claudia basically says that. She's, her response yeah. is, oh, who cares? Like, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> nice. Cares. Yes. Fuck it. Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. It. <laughs> I think reverse something or other is a great episode title. It is a really good, good one. My only other contender was, does anyone have a tuba? Which I just yeah. was <laughs> oh right the b plot yeah the band. the band yeah i have a few i have psychiatrist when she spelled it <laughs> i have stacy said phone me tonight which i thought was weird like is that like a do you say phone me yeah we used to say phone me really i mean i, I said that was say... weird uh claudia said i am not dirt it's kind of sad that's uh, that's sad but good that's also yeah. good for this episode and uh oh mrs lal said an assortment of children <laughs> yeah it's quite oh, an assortment an of assortment children. of children is really good yeah oh, I like there's that. so many good ones all right karen you get to pick because oh, i say we vote i, I pick democracy <laughs> okay will you narrow it down for us yeah i think either an assortment of children or the other one that i liked reverse something or other yeah reverse, reverse something, something or other, or other? mm-hmm I kind of like assortment of children, but yes. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, great. an assortment and, of children, and yeah. then we can pizza toast to what as we wanted to pizza toast to. Oh, I mean, oh, who cares? We can, but are there other are there other pizza toasts that people? Oh, I'm sorry. You about? want me to pizza toast to who cares? Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> Let's. I like that one a lot. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> um. 
well, you, we can do something meaningful. Ugh. Hmm. But that's not very on brand for us. We could pizza toast the Lilith Fair. I would love to pizza toast to the Lilith Fair. <gasps> what about to this mythical show with the Asian children on television? No, I prefer to the Lilith Fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. This let's pizza toast to hipster Anna Martin. Oh my god. <gasps> yeah. With her beret. I accept. Okay. okay. <laughs> Pizza toast to hipster Anna Martin. To, to hipster, hipster Anna, Anna Martin. Martin. <laughs> okay, and before we leave, Karen, do you have anything to plug? Where can we find you? I know you must be doing a lot of like fairs lately with the holiday seasons coming up. Where can people purchase your wares, your Instagram account? Ah, Come on. It's to be determined for holiday fairs because we got some big projects coming up. Uh, <laughs> if you're in the LA area, um, I'm going to be doing a collaboration with Counterculture Coffee at their Silver Lake oh, uh, Tasting ooh. Center. Um, I think maybe October, November-ish, 2BD. Um, and also, if you're in Chinatown, there's going to be a gallery show called Realm starting in November for featuring a lot of Asian-American artists. So mm-hmm. if you want to come support uh, in this Asian-American-themed <laughs> uh, episode, that'd be greatly appreciated i think it's free and then yes for holiday i'm not sure when my shop update will be but if i am not collapsed from these Uh. projects then you can go on heoceramics.com uh sign up for my email newsletter which just tells you when i have shop updates which is very you won't get a lot of emails i promise maybe one or two a year (laughs) amazing awesome Thank you so much for coming, Karen. This was so much fun. So fun. Thank you. Thank you for... I want to also commend you all because I do learn a lot for every episode I listen to. And it's been such a joy. I just felt like I was listening to y'all like while I'm just on here, like just really glued in. And um, I love you guys. And I thank you so much. I really had a lot of fun. Awesome. This episode of Stuck in Stony Brook is now adjourned. Thank you to Anna and Martin for everything. Stuck in Stony Brook is edited by Emily Crandall. Theme song written and recorded by Gary Schaller, performed by the band Kid Kit. You can follow us on Instagram at Stuck in Stony Brook or find us on our website, stuckinstonybrook.com. Need some books that we mentioned? Buy them from our bookshop and support both a local independent bookstore and your favorite series literature analysis podcast. Find us at bookshop.org slash shop slash Stuck in Stony Brook. Lastly, if you're feeling dibly generous and you want to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be super helpful. You're the best friends a girl could ask for.